Were you raised to never skip a meal? Or perhaps you're a diehard intermittent faster. Is either approach better than the other when it comes to boosting your focus, memory, and mood? That's today's podcast topic. Is skipping a meal a brain booster or drainer? Let's see what the research says. I'm I'm very hungry right now. <laughs> it's getting close to lunchtime. And so this is kind of a great topic, but maybe also a really bad one because we're going to be talking about food a lot. I know. It's going to make us hungrier. But I'm really excited about the title of this episode, or at least the focus, because we might change the title before we actually like hit publish. Skipping meals, brain booster or brain drainer? So Carolyn, tell us what inspired you to come up with this idea. Okay. Because this was all you, girlfriend, all you. And I love it. I love it. But we got to give credit where credit is due. So I have found when I'm regularly doing intermittent fasting, 16-8, which I have been doing January and February, because I just feel best when I do it, I have found that the rare mornings where I do eat something before I leave the house, like 7, 7.30, I get to work and my focus is just not where it is normally when I haven't eaten anything. Yeah. And so, and, and you've heard some people talk about using bulletproof coffee while they're fasting, that kind of thing, and they say they it enhances their focus and, you know, temporarily. Um, so I really kind of attribute, like, me not eating breakfast is, like, I kind of get mad at myself now when I eat something the days that I do because... I'm just not as productive. Yeah. So I saw a recent article online by a very reputable magazine um, that was kind of posing the same question we are. Is skipping meals bad for your brain? And I kind of scanned it. um, And it was written by someone who you could tell definitely wasn't a IF proponent or, you know, even really believed the research or maybe hadn't even read a lot of the research if meaning intermittent fasting yes and so it really pissed me off yeah it got you really fired up. yeah and so i said probably maybe we should do this as an episode because honestly i don't know what the research says on either side yeah like i i kind of want to know like when i skip a meal to it is part of intermittent fasting and i mean i feel like i'm benefiting yeah and we've talked before about how there are all these benefits to your body, like like cellular, like at the cellular level, metabolism wise, you know, and yeah. it, and it is linked with like lower risk of some you know major chronic conditions potentially if done right. But yeah, like we and we yeah we also have not really looked at uh, what not skipping meals would says right like eating your consistent whether that's like three whole meals or six mini meals yeah and so you did it yeah so I looked into it so let me make let me say one thing first when we're talking about skipping meals I'm not talking about starvation right I'm not talking about starvation at all I am you are if you skip a meal that is with the assumption that you are eating later 
Yes, you are going to break that fast. Yes, you are going to break that fast, and you are going to do it with, you know, fairly healthy foods. Yes. Okay. So let's let's just get that on out there. So, well, and also though the thing too is that the way that you compared it was really the the best way to do it from a research standpoint. Yeah. So there isn't like research really on skipping meals. Correct. Like just. It, you know, they've, they've got to have a more organized structure to compare a group of people. So the research that we do have, though, is on time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. Um, so that's where I went first to look at, okay, what, is there any research to say, like, in the short term, like for the next four hours or so, like, if you skip breakfast, you're going to have more focus, that kind of thing. So I had to go to internet, intermittent fasting research for that. Um, and, you know, there is some, there are some benefits that we know about IF and how it appears to potentially be beneficial for the brain. One of those is, um, the benefits of ketones, whether this doesn't matter if you're a fan of the keto diet or not, around the 12 hour mark, your body flips a metabolic switch in which it starts to tap into your fat stores for energy, which is why I say, you know, everyone needs to at least have that 12-hour period, Mm -hmm. but they don't eat. You know, it's usually when we're asleep, but it's beneficial to everybody. If you don't do that, your body has no reason to ever um, tap into your fat stores. Um, I also think that this is why the keto diet is so popular, not saying that everybody does it right, but that it is so it it is become so popular because that idea of being able to get your body to burn fat is exciting to people. Yeah, right. Um, so when you start making ketones, your body's essentially breaking down fat and it's breaking it down into an energy source. Um, so and ketones are associated with stimulating autophagy, which is where you're kind of turning over your cells, getting rid of the old damaged ones. Um, it's also associated with increasing the expression of something called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, um, which research suggests promotes um, um, the synthesis of mitochondria. Um, synaptic plasticities of in your neurons so your neurons can adapt and mm-hmm. they're more flexible yeah yeah and it reduces cellular stress it also lowers levels of circulating insulin in the blood enhances neuroplasticity in general and protects against metabolic and oxidative stress particularly in the brain yeah so this is also if people have heard us talk about prolon which is the five-day fasting mimicking um, diet mm-hmm. that both Carolyn and I have done. This is a, why a lot of uh, – this is why they – why this diet is so popular because they say that you basically get into ketosis, you stay in ketosis, and you reap all these benefits. Mm-hmm. And why they say like at day three or four and definitely by day five, you usually get that like boost, boost. of energy and mental clarity right. and that sort of thing. Because – all of these processes are happening, which is really good at a like cellular, cellular level. level in, yeah, in your body. Yeah. So you know, 
this all, you flip that switch. So it's important to flip that switch um, and go 12 hours or more. So, you know, what we're talking about here is essentially like we go to sleep for the night and then maybe we skip breakfast. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, so we start relying on some ketones. So ketone benefits. Um, intermittent fasting appears to regulate our circadian rhythm. It leads to... And these are those in, they call it your body's internal clock that mm -hmm. regulates things. Um, it's, it automatically um, lowers melatonin production in the morning so that you wake up and it stimulates it at night so you can go to sleep. It, it's really in the background of everything, making stuff happen. But our society and our lifestyles have gotten some of this off track. So there's research suggests that IF, um, helps to you know get you back to optimal rhythms which is can be key when it comes to um uh body composition hormone regulation sleep wake cycle all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so the last thing and i did not realize this if um appears to have some positive impact on gut health um, and there have been several studies, they don't really understand the mechanism, but that it appears that intermittent fasting over a period of time enriches or helps the gut microbiome diversify in composition so that you have a healthier um, gut. And it can lead to um, metabolites that are produced in the gut that may improve cognitive functioning. Mm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So that's kind of what we know about intermittent fasting just in general, um, some, some of those benefits. So then I looked at intermittent fasting and mental health. <clears throat> and to be honest, it's kind of mixed. There was one study, um, they looked at healthy adults, and they found that it, they did, um, they had them do intermittent fasting for six months. And I believe it was just like a 16-8 kind of plan. And they measured, they used an anxiety and depression scale and a well-being index. And they found um, that doing intermittent fasting at the end of those six months, the subjects ha um, had improved mood and well-being score. Um, another study found that three months of fasting in combination with calorie restriction um, in men, reduced emotional reactivity symptoms such as tension and anger. Mm, sign me up for that. <laughs> Another study found that um, IF lowers some inflammatory markers. If you've done it for an extended period of time, I can't remember the time frame for this study. Lowers inflammatory markers that are associated with anxiety and depression-like behavior. Yeah. Um, a study, now a lot of the IF studies are looking at people during Ramadan. Yeah. Because it's a natural time where that group of people um, fast. Mm -hmm. um, so it, they've done, a, they've pulled, they've, you know, they're going to be fasting anyway. So a lot of the researchers like to, to look at people during that period. And so one of the Ramadan studies um, found that IF lowered the subjective feelings of depression and mania in 62 patients suffering from bipolar disorder. However, there have been other studies 
that don't agree with that. There's been other studies that show that it may increase risk for a potential relapse in bipolar disorder when people fast during Ramadan, and that it may potentially worsen schizophrenia symptoms in some people. So there's mixed there's mixed results on if it's positive or negative for mental well-being, particularly when they've looked at people during Ramadan. So, like, overall, mm-hmm. you know, big picture, kind of where, you know, it sounds like maybe intermittent fasting could be, is beneficial for your brain. Maybe for mood, like, give us a, give well, us kind of a, a bigger picture pullback here. Because you me, just gave us some really great studies. Yeah. Let me give you one more. There was a, a recent randomized control trial in last year, 2022. And they followed healthy adults and did a 16-8 fast for three months. And they found, at the end of those three months, the subjects had a significant increase in quality of life and a significant decrease in fatigue. And that included mental fatigue. Um, So, to summarize it all, um, there's really nothing conclusive when it comes to, like, short terms. There's no clear evidence... um, really positive or negative about the short-term effect of fasting or skipping a meal in healthy people, like mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, focus, attention, mood, that kind of stuff. Um, there is some potential research that may suggest that, like, if you do it for three months, six months, then you may reap some benefits related to mood, maybe depression, anxiety, but it's not clear at all. Now, what is clear in the research, or pretty, what is a lot stronger in the research, is that um, intermittent fasting done over a period of time, um, that it does appear to be protective for like neurological um, disorders. So, like um, dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease. That that's probably the strongest research we have on fasting. And, like, the brain in general. Right. So it, it is good for the brain, but you're not necessarily going to get that, like, hyper-focused mental – like, what you experienced. Like, what I experienced, I couldn't find that in research. Right. And so maybe people will experience that, and maybe they won't. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I found about, I guess, the skipping meals. It's just not conclusive. I really didn't find anything that bad – unless you have, like, a, um, a diagnosed um, mental health condition like bipolar or schizophrenia. Yeah. But nothing saying, yeah. Yeah. But, gonna... but that's a good point, though. Like, you didn't find anything particularly harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's also the other side yes. of it. And like, these were all in healthy adults, just yeah. to put that out there. Yeah. Okay. Physically healthy. There were some... Some who have some mental health conditions yes. that you talked about. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so the how flip about those side. eaters? Yes. So those non-meal skippers. What does the real research suggest when you don't skip meals? When you eat your meal? Right. Okay. And where I went to for this again, I had to kind of think. Okay, what in research would give me this information? So I thought. Ah, all the research we have on breakfast. We have so much research on breakfast. Uh-huh. It's great, but like, really. Do we have research on, like, skipping dinner? I mean, I, I feel like all the research I've seen on dinner is about eating a smaller meal. 
Yeah. At dinner. Or eating earlier. Or eating earlier. Yeah. yeah. But they don't have any on cognitive health, I don't think. So this is where things got really, really interesting. Because I hadn't really found much that pointed, oh, yes, definitely skip a meal and you're going to be more productive or you're going to think clear. Yeah. So I thought, well, let me look at the breakfast research. And I thought, okay, this is going to be totally one-sided. It's going to say, it's going to point to you should not skip meals. Right. You should absolutely break your fast at breakfast. Right. And... There's a ton of research out there, but what I realized is there's a lot of breakfast research on children. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got those great studies that suggest about academic performance and that type of thing. Yes. And they are legitimately, like, good studies. Like, yeah. I feel like as a parent, that kind of stuff is really helpful. Yeah. Well, and I, as I was looking into the breakfast research, I realized – that's mostly what's been promoted and pushed. I realize I've never really looked at just eating breakfast in healthy adults. Yeah. And there was a study that pointed this out. So there is a 2016 systematic review, kind of like a meta-analysis, where they, pull, they pulled all the studies on healthy adults that, um, that were comparing your cognitive functioning, your thinking, your memory, that kind of stuff, um, in relation to breakfast consumption, whether you ate it or skipped it. And this is where things got really, really interesting. Were you surprised? I was so surprised. So there were like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven um, things, for lack of a better word, that they measured in this meta-analysis. And there were others. These are the ones that were most like – I thought most interesting people would relate to, and yeah. Yeah. Okay, so attention ca- capacity. There were six studies in the 38 that looked at, you know, how long you could actually pay attention. Yeah. Okay. Um, four, um, two studies suggested that you had an advantage if you ate breakfast. Four studies suggested that if you skipped it, there weren't any significant effects on your attention. Yeah. Or if you ate it. Right. Yeah. It, it, it <clears throat> kind of canceled out. There wasn't good or bad necessarily. So then vigilance, and this is how they, um, this is like focus. Yeah. Okay. Ha- your focus. Um, there were five studies that looked at this form of focus. Um, and they found, um, or there are eight studies, I'm sorry. Five showed that when you skip breakfast, there were no significant effects on your focus. Now, three did show that when you ate breakfast, you um, had better performance in regards to focus. But still, like... Right. I mean... Yeah. So, psychomotor and processing speed, like how fast your brain's moving. You know, like, you can tell in the morning you're a little slower. Right. Exactly. Like my word yeah. recall or my way of, yeah. of ex- describing something is like a little... Yeah. There were 10 studies that looked at, in general, most of those 10 did not demonstrate an effect um, that breakfast, eating breakfast, had an effect on reaction time processing speed. I really think they should have looked at um, drinking coffee versus not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can have coffee when you're fasting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I need to do a study on that. Um, Okay. Okay. they, there was a small number of those 10 that showed um, a benefit of eating breakfast to your processing speed. But one study actually showed 
that eating breakfast had a negative impact. Oh, Carolyn, that's you. Yeah, that is you. Okay. Reasoning and planning. This is part of your executive functioning. Um, Two studies looked at this. Neither study detected any difference between the people who ate breakfast and the people who skipped it. Mm. Working memory. 14 studies looked at working memory. Um, Nine said there was a benefit of eating breakfast to your working memory. However, eight found no difference between... That's like the closest 50-50 we've seen. Mm -hmm. Everything else has been like, nope, not really. Yeah. But working memory was like, this could be a 50-50 shot for you. Yeah. So memory, like your immediate recall. Okay, we're talking about something and then like... Two minutes later. You tell me something, I spit it back at you. Yeah. Um, Six studies looked at that. It was completely split. Um, Three studies suggested there was a benefit of eating breakfast on your immediate memory. Three found no effect if you skip breakfast. I love this. It says verbal list learning. So it's basically (laughs) like you give me a list out loud and Mm -hmm. then I have to regurgitate it back to you. Yeah. Now this is the only, this next one, memory... um, and they're calling this delayed recall. So, like, we talk about something, and then 15 to 45 minutes later, you can recall it. Yeah. Okay? So I give you that list, and then I ask you to repeat that list 30 minutes later. Um, yeah. So I mean, I don't think I would do very well at any of these tests, <laughs> whether I ate breakfast or didn't. 23 of the 38 studies looked at this, and 15 suggested there was a benefit to eating breakfast when it came to this delayed recall 15 to 25 to 45 minutes later. Um, so that's a majority. Mm-hmm. And one study found that subjects um, were um, performed memory tasks more quickly after eating breakfast. Um, but while they were faster, they weren't any accurate, any more accurate than the people who didn't eat. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So, um, but then in eight studies, there was no effect found between skipping breakfast and a, you know, negative performance on delayed recall. So all of this started blowing my mind. It really, it really blew my mind. I, I was not expecting this to be what the research said. Uh uh. But I, but I think it's because I am so. I mentally was so biased by the research that's been done in kids. Right. And so really out of all those components, it was really split. And really there was, there, you can't say looking at those except for delayed recall that breakfast definitely gives you an edge. Yeah. And, and also it wasn't fully conclusive. Right. With the delayed recall. But now still. what I thought and what made me realize that I'd probably just been so focused on the kid research. The study pointed out that all of these 38 studies were done on healthy adults. And they said, we don't think it's wise to apply these signings to kids and teens because their brains are still developing. Yeah. So they're, they're, the impact of breakfast or not eating breakfast is likely at least slightly different. Yes. The impact. And that's when I was like, that was my aha moment. I was like, oh, you know, I bet what I've been focusing or what I've been hearing, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't even looked at that many breakfast studies. You just, there's been, it's been promoted so much. Right. Like with school academics. Um, But that's when I was like, oh, they're right. 
you know, probably I've been hearing more about the kid ones and not the adult ones. So overall, four healthy adults. I can't really say you're going to harm yourself, like on focus, memory, all those. um, What else did I say? Um, Attention. You aren't really going to harm yourself by not eating breakfast. Right. And only... Some suggested you may have some benefits. Yeah. I feel like this is a perfect example of like, do a little experiment on yourself. Yeah. I feel like this is a perfect example of why you can't read one study and run with it. Correct. Two. Okay. But here's something else. The type of breakfast foods that you eat, if you eat it, Mm -hmm. may make a big difference. So it may depend on the quality of the breakfast. Now, this is interesting too. This is a 2018 study and I promise this is like one of the last or the last it looked um this study looked at the association between eating breakfast and skipping breakfast and the quality of that breakfast and this was actually in adolescence and they measured um health related quality of life perceived stress and depression in these adolescents so breakfast skippers and these were adolescents who usually skip breakfast had better um uh, rate uh, scored higher in quality of life and lower perceived stress. So the p- kids who were skipping had a higher quality of life on the scale that they used in perceived stress. There was nothing significant about depression. Now, in those who ate breakfast, those eating good quality breakfast had higher quality of life, lower perceived stress, and lower depression than in those eating poor quality breakfast. Mm. Okay, now, but this is where it gets really shocking. Um, Breakfast skippers had a higher quality of life, lower perceived stress, lower depression than those who ate a poor quality breakfast. So what they did was they didn't just compare skippers and eaters and then look, they drilled down and looked at eaters and the quality of breakfast, but then they took skippers and compared them to eaters of Captain Crunch and donuts. Yeah, donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they found that like the ones who skipped breakfast had higher scores, less stress, lower depression. Yeah. So that was pretty shocking to me. And then uh, there's been earlier studies that have looked at the effect, like the composition of that breakfast really really matters and most of it suggests that um breakfast um that has a lower it triggers a lower glucose response glucose and insulin so it doesn't spike your blood sugar the ones that don't spike your blood sugar are associated with having a better impact on your cognitive performance yeah and that can the research has at least shown that that can be as simple as a bowl of cereal with milk, mm-hmm. but it also can be something, you Scrambled know. eggs or something. Exactly. Yeah. Like a more, like either something that's high protein or a more like complex meal. Yeah. Yeah. And what they, poor quality to breakfast was defined as like commercial baked goods. Yeah. Like sweet they're, they're muffins, just gonna donuts. Yeah. Anything that's that going to spike sugar. that blood sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, we don't really there really isn't conclusive research on either side. Like there really I can't isn't. say skipping meals. Now look, in the context of you're not starving yourself, that kind of thing. You're eating right. later in the day. You're just skipping breakfast. 
or, you know. You're still getting nutrition right. into your diet. It's not like you are, right. you know, really depriving yourself. Yeah. There isn't I – I can't say skipping meals is bad. I can't say eating breakfast is good. I mean, and it see, it may depend person to person because I've really found, now that I've been doing IF, that my productivity is a lot better from 8 to 12. Yeah. When yeah. I'm fasting. So I found that it just depends on my hunger level in the morning. Um, but where I really notice the difference is in the quality of lunch that I eat, what it does to me in the next like two hours in that like one to three o'clock window. Ah. So that like, that's not, that's not really what we addressed here, but it kind of sort of speaks a little bit to the breakfast quality. Like what foods have you found are best for you to be productive in the afternoon? What lunch foods? Um, Definitely including protein Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, And being mindful of um, the volume of food that I eat and the general carbohydrate quality Mm -hmm. of them so like if I eat a really big lunch um I naturally will just be pretty wiped for a little while but that's you know my body's working hard to digest all of that food uh but also I've noticed that if I stick to like a like proteins and vegetables Mm -hmm. it does really well for my for my like afternoon functioning yeah yeah interesting so sorry i know this is a very research heavy one but it was just really interesting because it kind of there were several aspects in here that went against what i thought i knew or i thought the research said yeah i totally agree with you it was research heavy but we always put stuff in the show notes um that allows people to to look at it a little bit more if it's easier for them to read it versus see it or hear it rather um but it is it's really fascinating and the thing too is that there's a lot there is a a lot more research especially on the topic of adults eating breakfast not skipping that first meal of the day than I realized Mm -hmm. yeah I think the focus has been kids but there's there's adult research so to answer the question skipping meals brain booster or brain drainer what's the answer Carolyn you know I don't think we can necessarily say, in the context we've been talking about it, that skipping meals is going to drain you. Yeah. Um, I mean, but if you feel hunger and you need to eat, then eat. Yeah. But if you're not really hungry and you're in a zone working, then I don't think there's any harm in keeping going and eating later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some people may be like me, like in the mornings, where they find that it boosts it temporarily. Now, yeah. I do eat at 11 or 12. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, before then, I'm on fire if I'm fasting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, there to that author of that article. Exactly. <laughs> the, the whole motivator was the frustration and getting fired up over that yeah well this was fascinating i am i'm ready to eat (laughs) i'm ready to eat that's the truth and i'm looking forward to sharing this with so many people um just like that i know personally that have asked me about skipping meals yeah it's so confusing for people now because it was ingrained in us that we had to have those three square meals Uh Uh or six mini meals Mm -hmm. you know and i still get questions about which is better you know i think it goes back to two like Listen to your body. Exactly. There's a lot to be said for intuitive eating. Yeah.
So, okay. Well, maybe listeners could tell us if skipping a meal gives them a brain boost or a brain yeah, drain. I'm intrigued now. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.